Hello and welcome to the Security DNA Podcast. I'm John Doberstein, Managing Editor of SecurityInfoWatch.com and the producer of this podcast. In this episode, Paul Rothman, Editor-in-Chief of Security Business Magazine, chats at the recent CES conference with Chris LePray, who is Head of Technology for the Connectivity Standards Alliance. About a new access control standard CSA is developing called Alero. Let's listen in as Paul and Chris talk about this important development to make mobile devices and wearables central to a digital access future. So I'm here with Chris LePray uh, with the Connect- Connectivity Standards Alliance. And uh, no, we're not talking about Matter. We're talking about Alero, which is their new access control standard. Can you just tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, so um, uh, probably not news to you, but uh, maybe for some of your listeners, um, you know, Matter, like I can go on my phone right now with Matter and unlock my front door with a command. But access control is more of the credential, which I could email to someone, and then as they approach my door or at my door, they could then unlock my my front door. And uh, if you're changing the control around like that, now I think there's really cool things you can do. Like in the app, we could you know make sure that was face locked, right? So if somebody finds you that phone, they can't just go in my front door. It has to be that person. Mm-hmm. Maybe even add like a code that only that person might know. Um, and that would make that much more secure. And then on the lock side, you know, I might limit it. Like if I mail my dog walker a contact or, or send my dog walker a contact, he can't get in my home at one in the morning. Uh, right. You know, particularly when I'm home, he can't get in my, you know, so you can create those kinds of smarter experiences there, which end up being more secure. So what manufacturers are you working with on this standard? So uh, we're an open uh, standards development organization. Um, you know, Matter has about 55, 60 uh, companies that have uh, voting rights. This group uh, has less. So uh, there's 12 companies that have voting rights uh, last time I checked. And so Asa Abloy uh, certainly does. Um, uh, Allegian does. Google and Apple both do. Okay. Um, and then we'll have to delve, delve in and get to the list of the other companies. But, okay. Uh, but those are the ones. Those ones I list are the ones that are driving. So interestingly, why do we need this standard? I mean, you. It sounds like I mean, from what I know, like also Abloy and some of these companies have similar type protocols in their products. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't really want to speak for sort of why they might think they need this protocol, okay. but you know, certainly as an industry, uh, you know, I'm probably going to talk pretty generically about open That's standards fine. in general. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I think this was really true with Matter, where you know there was some lock-in uh, in the what we called the walled gardens in that click case that really slowed down the market. Uh, you know, as we were going into um, into Matter, maybe like a year or two before we started, we had a set of meetings with some companies that that would be involved and we gathered together these statistics where I forget the number, but like in around 20, in around 2005, uh, analysts were saying that matter would be in, not matter, that that smart home would be in the, the 1.2 trillions of devices, you know, right. the hockey stick. And this was maybe 2015 and we were nowhere near that hockey stick, right? It was this linear thing. And so we were kind of asking ourselves, why is that? And it was clearly this, the, the lack of interoperability there. Okay. You know, um, I might, there might be a really great door lock or thermostat that I want out there, but, oh, I'm an Apple home. I can't use it. Um, and so I'm just not going to buy one, right? Because I really want to use Apple and that's the thermostat I want. So that's the problem that Matter set out to solve. And I think the same thing is true, pretty broadly speaking, about access control as well. Um, you know, for uh, certainly for the home market, 
you know, I think it, it's true, right? You know, I want to be able to, to send the credential to you with a Google phone and it should be able to go into the wallet, send it to someone else with, with an Apple phone and it should be able to go into the wallet. That, right. that should be pretty standard, that, you know, no, I didn't mean that, but, you know, pretty, pretty <laughs> obvious that, right. um, uh, that that kind of interoperability really serves um, consumers. And I think the same thing is true. I don't know much about the commercial space, but I believe the same is true there um, uh, in terms of, you know, locks and readers and methods uh, of getting into the, you know, either either in a phone or a special um, device or even an NFC card or something okay. like that. You, the option should be broad and affordable. Okay. And I don't know much about that space. What, yeah, that's that was actually going to be my next question is, you know, we're familiar with Matter because it's in the smart home space. Now, I know this standard can apply to the home space, but it, I think it specifically cited smart buildings and, and things like that as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, and so from a use case perspective, um, it's, it's uh, you know, it's as a, as a phone approaches a lock, that lock can, uh, can be engaged. Um, you know, if I'm walking by my front door, don't unlock my front door. If I'm right. just walking my dog around the block or something. And the same is true in the commercial space where, um, you know, it's a gate that has to open. And if five or six employees are approaching the gate at the same time, how is it managed? Maybe maybe with a security guard there, maybe not. But that the door opens, but then the one person who's just trying to piggyback in doesn't get in, right? Like, so okay. it, it's, uh, you know really smart people working on the spec time of arrival <laughs> of light signals and okay. radio signals yeah and that's stuff. all stuff beyond, beyond us way right? beyond my <laughs> yeah. grade. me too um, but me really too. cool uh type stuff in there you know mostly with the ultra wideband spec i think okay um uh but but yeah like am i walking this way or that way right i know hid has always been a their division of as i've always hid is a, always been a kind of an innovator in that space so exactly yeah so i guess uh Matters had problems, you know, with, you know, working with so many companies that, you know, it, it became difficult and, you know, it was delayed and things like that. Do you think this standard, it would maybe not easier, but you've kind of overcome those, you've seen those challenges, you know what to expect kind of thing? Well, I mentioned before, you know, Matter has dozens of companies that have voting rights. Um, and I don't know that it really slowed us down. I, th- I think... You know, those were the, probably words we did use, but uh, more to the truth there, I think it was, you know, five or six companies were really driving it. And then dozens of companies came in and said, well, maybe we should do it like that. Okay. So kind of pivoted some some things that, that we did on the matter side of things. I don't really see that happening here. Um, it's just a lot of work, uh, you know, okay. time of arrival of radio signals and that sort of stuff is, is complicated. So I I think that's why it's taking, you know, it's going to be another about a year, I guess is what we're saying. Yeah, I was um, going to ask, that was the next question. Yeah, yeah. So early 2025 is the is the um, proposed release date okay. for that. Um, and maybe delve in a little detail there. We don't we don't usually talk about schedules too much. Okay. We're a very member-driven organization, right. you know, and in particular like for a – like a matter device type, usually we have two or three companies working on that. If one of them said, oh, I got to call these engineers back to work on something else, that would totally take something out of a release. Okay. I think that's a little less true here with 12, 13 companies working on uh, something as big as the Alero spec. Um, but but yeah, we, we always need to be a little careful with, with release dates because of that member-driven aspect right. of what we do. How do you think this uh, the Alero would uh, help installers and, peop- and you know people who get down and dirty with the technology itself? Um, I mean that's a really good question. You know we have other aspects uh, uh, work that's happening on top of matter for smart building, commercial building. Okay. And um, 
in that case, I know a little bit more about the commercial building side of things where, you know, lots of companies, um, they're, they're really big companies that kind of own their verticals. Right. Um, you know, I, I do HVAC for big buildings like, like this hotel. Right. Um, and there's probably only three or four companies like that that can do an HVAC system that big. Yeah. Um, and then what do those command look like? There's only a handful of companies that can do what we call this building automation system. Right. And access is part of that. Okay. So um, I, standards uh, make that job a lot easier. Um, you know, it's something that we see a lot that um, lots of companies make, make good money because of friction. Um, and so standards often come along and remove friction. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to make sure that we're removing the right friction where companies can still make money, companies can still innovate, and um, and then the options for, in this case, building owners are still higher. Okay. Um, if, if all that friction were just gone, then nobody, you know, nobody can make money, and then nobody would be doing that. Right. You can't make money, you're not going to do it. Exactly. So, uh, you know, we really need to be careful about that, and that's why we're, again, in that capacity as well, very member-driven. You know, we want the right companies in the room saying, yes, this is the right way to set the standard. We will innovate probably four or five years from now, come back and raise the bar of what the standard is. But there was innovation there. If we we just guessed and said, this is what everyone's going to do, there's no innovation underneath. So we've got to always make sure we're walking that line correctly. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, everyone, that wraps up this special quick hit edition of Security DNA. We'd like to thank Paul and Chris for this excellent discussion about Alero and what it will mean for connectivity technology in the future. You can listen to more of our podcast by going to podbean.com and searching for Security DNA, or go to securityinfowatch.com and find our podcast there. For Paul Rothman, Chris LePray, and everyone here at Security InfoWatch, make it a great day.